0: Uh, today, uh, I'm, we're going to uh, kick off our Lottie Moon uh, Christmas offering emphasis. Many of you in the church fam- family are familiar with the Lottie Moon offering. It's an annual offering that we receive uh, toward Christmas time uh, to support our international missionaries. And not only our church does this, But our denomination has over 55,000 different churches. And so all of our churches come together at this time of year to receive this offering which supports our thousands of missionaries that are scattered throughout the world. And uh, this is the largest single mission offering that's ever taken in the world by anyone. The goal this year is $155 million dollars. Uh, Our church goal is $20,000, and and it's very important for us as Baptist churches to come together in this offering to meet that goal, uh, because without it, our missionaries will not be able to uh, do the work that they need to do. So what I want to do is just begin with a very brief video that will uh, introduce the uh, Lottie Moon uh, Christmas Offering for this year and its theme is the Gospel Resound. So you look at this brief video, it's about three minutes in length.
1: The Great Commission is a command from Jesus to all of us to go and make disciples of all nations, which means all of us, through our praying, our giving, our going, together, we all have a part to play in seeing the gospel spread to the ends of the earth. Well, within that first year of planting our church, before we were really ready uh, to do an overseas trip, we knew we wanted to go. When a particular team goes, I mean the whole church feels like we're all going, we're going with them. This is what we do as sent ones. It's just a privilege to be able to be sent. I think about all of the people who've invested in us. We stand on the shoulders of thousands and thousands and thousands of people who've gone before us. I have the privilege of really shepherding my children's hearts. We want them to not only hear about missions, we want them to understand it the way God wants us to. You share with those around you, you share with those in America, and then you share around the world.
0: We get up at 6 and we pray for the missionaries. I don't think there's anything quite as powerful to me as someone coming up to me and say, I prayed for you, or I'm praying for you. And you see all the hurt in the world. You see the needs. You see what you have, and you're able to help other people. We want to give, even though we're small. Even when we don't want to, even when we feel like it's hard, um, we want to show the love of Christ and lavishly give grace and things that we can give as He's given to us.
1: It's not you know, all about what I can get out of. Um, it's about God's love for me and how that changes my heart to share that with everyone else that I meet. And so it's it's kind of changed the way that I do my business. So I see these two groups at work. You've got a group of churches who are praying and giving and sending out missionaries and a group of missionaries then who are spreading the gospel in some of the hardest, most difficult, dangerous to reach places and peoples in the world and together. There's a unity there that is resounding to the glory of God. In partnership with you, the IMB sends and supports missionaries all over the world, and the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering is a critical part of that support. 100% of gifts that you give to the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering go directly to missionaries who are
0: spreading the gospel among the nations. And that is very significant, what he said right there at the end. This is one of the unique offerings where not a single penny goes to any administrative cost. Every penny that we give will go directly to the missionaries on the field to support their work and enable them uh, to spread the gospel. Now, as you came in today, I hope you not only picked up a copy of the sermon notes, but there was another uh, piece on the Lottie Moon Christmas Offering for International Missions that you see there, where the gospel resounds, pray, give, go, and send. Shares where the national goal is $155 million, the EBC goal being $20,000, and then what I've done, I've given suggested levels of giving, and I've done this the last few years, and you have always responded very well. Our church has a long history of uh, tremendous generosity to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering for foreign uh, missions. Matter of fact, you've uh, you've really blown me away. For uh, over a decade now, uh, our church has actually led uh, our association in giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, although we're not necessarily one of the uh, larger churches. And so uh, thank you for your past generosity, and I trust you'll step to the plate again this year. And so what I'm suggesting that you do is you look over these levels of giving. And then in light of uh, your resources, you choose a level, now listen very carefully, you choose a level of giving that would require you to step out in faith and to make a sacrificial gift. And to really demonstrate generosity, realizing that the outcome will be many coming to know Christ. So let's just walk through these levels of giving. It it shows you some of the exciting ways that that your money is being used. And I picked some of the the more creative ways. And again, I hope you picked up the sheet. That's probably going to be a little too small for you to see. But look at the first level, uh, $3,000. If you were in a position... Uh, To give that as a gift to Lottie Moon. That would literally cover the production of a gospel film in a new language. Providing the opportunity to reach reach thousands from an unreached people group. And our denomination right now has has an emphasis, a priority on reaching unreached people groups. Many people groups throughout the world who have yet to be penetrated with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Let's say you would be uh, willing to step up to the plate and give $1,500. Here's a very creative way. Uh, It provides a large greenhouse for research, growing new varieties of food crops, and training nationals in agriculture, which enables entry into regions that otherwise would be closed to the gospel. So that's one of the ways our denomination is getting into nations that are closed to the gospel. We go with this... uh, agricultural focus on this greenhouse and research and teaching the nationals how to uh, uh, grow crops as an opportunity uh, to infiltrate that culture with the gospel. $800 uh, provides a five-tier training event over five years to train Muslim believers to reach their people for Christ. What an exciting opportunity. $800 knowing that that money will be used over five years to train Muslim believers to reach their people for Christ. Four hundred and forty-five dollars. The next up provides training in church planning, food and travel for more than ninety pastors and believers in South Asia. It's amazing what can be done uh, in other parts of the country with uh, an amazing little of money. So again, just four hundred and forty-five dollars provides training. For those 90 pastors and believers in South Asia, $317 level provides a one time microfinance grant for a bivocational church planner in India to be self sustaining. In other words, a pastor in India, this provides a grant where he can find work or develop the skills to work to support himself as he plants a church in India. Uh, 140.1 dollars. That's actually what they average. Uh, it it, uh, it costs to support a missionary family for one day uh, on the field. Uh, 80 dollars buys a sewing machine for a class to teach prostitutes a life-changing skill in South Asia. So as they go into these areas where there's sex trafficking, there's prostitution, they're able to uh, deliver these women from that, and then they're able to train them in a skill so that they can support themselves and not be tempted to go back into that. Uh, $55 provides two weeks training uh, for one house church leader in northern Africa in the Middle East. $39 feeds a refugee family for one week, and, of course, with feeding them, it provides the opportunity to share the gospel uh, to them. And we have a lot of work going on right now as a denomination among, uh, in uh, refugee areas, camps, uh, to reach them for the gospel. And then uh, this $2 level. I thought this would be a, a great challenge for our, our children, our boys and girls. Uh, $2 provides an SD card filled with, audio, with an audio Bible and Bible lessons used in places where it's dangerous to publicly share the gospel. As I mentioned, this is an excellent challenge for small children. See how many SD cards that they could provide, knowing that every SD card will be used in an area that typically is closed to the gospel. It's dangerous there to publicly share the gospel, but they spread these SD cards around. It actually contains the Bible, an audio Bible, and Bible uh, lessons. And then I just mentioned here, you can make your checks out to Edgewood Baptist Church and just designate that Lottie Moon. So what I'm challenging you on is that every person here in the entire church family, that you'll pick under God's leadership, as you pray and seek His will, you'll pick that level of giving that you believe God would have you uh, participate in this offering with and, uh, and then give uh, between now and uh, Christmas. And I'll trust you to do that. And we trust God's going to do something very, very amazing. Now, since we're kicking off the Lottie Moon offering uh, today, I thought it would be good to share a Lottie Moon message which I normally do at this time of the year. Uh, when I saw the theme for the Lottie Moon offering, the gospel resounds. I immediately thought of First Thessalonians chapter one, verse eight, uh, that says, "For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you, the church in Thessalonica, not only received." the gospel of Christ, for their own salvation, this church sounded forth the gospel of Christ to bring salvation to others. Last Sunday, I shared a post-election message. Uh, The point of that message was this. Donald Trump, nor any man, can make America great again. America will only become great again when we repent of our sin and become committed to making God great again in America. And, folks, the only thing that has the power to affect. That kind of change in the life, in the heart of our nation is the gospel of Jesus Christ. In the gospel of Christ, the church and the church alone possesses the only hope for the United States of America. The only cure for what ills our nation. And it is time that we as the church, as followers of Jesus Christ embraced the priority of sharing the gospel. Now, today's message, it's a good follow-up to last Sunday's message, while at the same time emphasizing the importance of giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering for international missions. And what we're going to do, we're going to go into the uh, first chapter of 1 Thessalonians, And we're going to answer three questions. And you see those three questions there in your sermon notes. What is the gospel? What does the gospel produce? And then the third and last question, how does the church spread the gospel? So let's answer that first question. What is the gospel? And you see there in your notes, the gospel is the message of the person and work of Christ. The gospel is the message of the person and work of Christ proclaimed in the power of the Holy Spirit with the full conviction of the messenger, of the one sharing the gospel message. 1 Thessalonians chapter 1 verse 5, notice, Paul wrote, for our gospel did not come to you in word only, but also in what? Power and in the Holy Spirit, and with full conviction. All this, although this verse says, our gospel did not come to you in word only, well, it did come in word. The gospel does involve words. The gospel fundamentally is a message that contains specific content, objective truth concerning who Christ is, and what He accomplished for humanity through His death, burial, and resurrection as He died on the cross as our substitute to pay off the penalty of our sin and to provide us the gift of eternal life. Now, what this verse is emphasizing is that inherent, and don't miss this, literally inherent in the gospel gospel, message is power and the Holy Spirit. Uh, In chapter 2 of uh, 1 Thessalonians, in uh, verse 13, it talks about the gospel having the power in and of itself to perform its work in those who believe. In other words, the gospel message is not just words. It contains power to bring salvation, In John, chapter 6, verse 63, Jesus says, the words I have spoken to you are spirit and are life. Romans 1, 16 calls the gospel the power, the dunamis. That's our word for dynamite. It's the power. It's the dynamite of God for salvation. Hebrews 4, 12 says, for the word of God is what? Alive and Powerful. And it's sharper than any two-edged sword. 1 Peter chapter 1 verse 23 says. For you have been born again. Not of seed which is imperishable. But, uh, which is perishable but imperishable. That is through the living abiding word of God. So what is our task as believers? Our task is to share the gospel with the lost. And Notice with full conviction that the gospel is true and, yes, it does have the power to penetrate the hearts of the lost and affect salvation. And this is why we give to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering for international missions, so that the gospel will be shared to every tribe, in every tongue, to every people group, in every nation knowing that because of the inherent power that the gospel contains, the end result will be men and women, boys and girls, coming to know and glorify Jesus and receiving the gift of eternal life. And this is the same reason we are to share the gospel of Christ with the lost, with those that we come into contact with. We are to constantly be looking for opportunities to share the gospel. You know, I shared with you last week, in in being just very transparent with you, God had convicted me. He convicted me terribly that I had drifted from the priority of sharing the gospel in my life. And God broke me. And I've returned to that priority. And it's amazing when you do. And you begin then to live life looking for the opportunities, how things just open up. You know, just the other day, I was at the gym. I've said hi a million times to the manager of that gym. It's a young, young woman. Well, the other day, I said hi to her, and then I just began talking to her. I said, hey, where were you from? You know, uh, discovered she was married to a soldier about to move to Fort Bragg. He's in special forces. And uh, began to ask her just about her background and her church background. And, and then had the opportunity to ask her, you know, are you, are you a follower of the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you placed your faith in Him? Began to share briefly about my testimony. And it's amazing as you begin to make this your priority and focus how God you just... The opportunities are there. We just, because we, we don't make this a priority, we just miss those opportunities. And we don't go through those doors that God is opening for us. Well, what does the gospel produce? That second question. What does the gospel produce? The gospel produces a community of believers, the church, conjoined to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. We're going to see that the gospel produces fundamentally four things that Paul highlights in First Thessalonians chapter 1. And the first is, it produces a community of believers. The church conjoined to God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at First Thessalonians 1. Chapter 1, verse 1, to the church of the Thessalonians, in God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. Look at that little word, in. In God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. See, the gospel produces a community of believers who have been reconciled to God through the gospel, united to God, made one with the Father and the Son. Amazing, amazing truth that we discover. Christ is the head, for example. Of this church, right? He's our Lord. He is a Master. We are the what? He's the head. We are the what? We're the body. And what is the purpose of that union? To walk as Jesus walked. To seek and save the lost. Another example. The Bible says Christ is the vine. And we are the branches. We have been united with Him in, in that way. Well, what is the purpose of that union? To produce what? Fruit. And that fruit is the reproduction of Christ's life in us for the benefit for the salvation of others. You've never seen a vine eat its own fruit. It produces fruit that others might find nourishment. Christ is the bridegroom. We are what? His bride. What is the purpose of that union? That through that love relationship we will see many children born into the family of God. That is the purpose of that union, that in that union, we will see our, we will be fruitful, that we will multiply as we share the gospel with others. Look at the second thing the gospel produces. It produces a community of believers, the church, characterized by a faith that produces good works, a love that labors for others, and a hope that endures in the face of adversity. Look at 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, verses 2 and 3. We give thanks, Paul says, to God always for all of you, making mention of you in our prayers, constantly bearing in mind your work of faith and labor of love and steadfastness of hope in our Lord Jesus Christ in the presence of our God and Father. See, before there can be a credible verbalization of the gospel. There has to be a clear visualization of the gospel through the lives of God's people. The gospel produces in the life of a true believer... And a true church, a changed life, full of good works, love for others, and a hope that endures in suffering. Why? To demonstrate to the lost the authenticity of our Christianity and attract them to Christ. Look at the third thing the gospel produces. The gospel produces a community of believers, the church which is chosen by God. Verse 4 says, knowing brethren beloved by God, His choice of you. Now, how to explain God's elective choice in salvation has been hotly disputed throughout church history. And I'm not going to resolve that dispute this morning. But there is one truth about God's election that sadly is often neglected. And listen very carefully right here because I don't care what side of the coin you're on on this issue, this applies to every one of us. Throughout Scripture, throughout Scripture, you clearly discover that the purpose of God's election is to ensure that there will always be a witness to take God's truth to a lost world. Don't miss that. The purpose of God's elective choice is to ensure that there will always be a witness to take God's truth to a lost world. In other words, God's election actually demonstrates God's love for all mankind. For example, when God chose Abraham, God said, I'm going to make you, Abraham, a great nation, and I will bless you. Why? Because in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. In other words, yes, Abraham, I'm choosing you in a very unique way, and I'm going to bless you, but I'm blessing you so that you can be a blessing to others. I'm blessing you so that all the families of the earth might come to know and love me. To Israel, God said in the Old Testament, you are my witnesses. You are my witnesses. God's purpose in electing the nation of Israel was to display His glory and bring the nations of the world to God. The psalmist understood this well when he prayed in Psalm 67. God, be gracious to us and bless us. Cause Your face to shine upon us. Why? That Thy way may be known on the earth. Thy salvation among all nations. And he ends the psalm by praying, God bless us that all the ends of the earth may fear you. When Christ chose his disciples, he said in John 15, 16, You did not choose me, but I chose you and appointed you that you should go and bear what? Fruit. Again, that reproduction of the life of Jesus for the nourishment of others. To these same men, Jesus issued the command, go therefore, preach the gospel to what? All creation. And make disciples of what? All nations. He also told them, you shall be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria, and even to the remotest part of the earth. Now listen to me, beloved. God elected the church to be Christ body on earth, to walk as He walked in order to finish what He started, to seek and save the lost. It didn't end with Christ. He just passed the baton on to His church. He entrusted us the gospel out of His love for all of mankind. Nothing has changed about John three sixteen. And if you're here today and you're lost, listen. For God so loved the world, He so loved you, that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have everlasting life. John also wrote in 1 John 2, 2, He Himself, Jesus, He is the propitiation in other words, for our sins. The one who has satisfied God's justice towards us. So that we can know God's mercy and not for ours only but also for those of what? The whole world. Romans 10, 13 reads, whoever will call upon the name of the Lord will be saved. And listen to the next verse. Verse 14. How then shall they call upon him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? The church has received the gospel to pass the gospel on to others. The church at Thessalonica is the example for every church, including right here in the Edgewood family. In chapter 1, verse 5, it says the gospel came to them. In verse 6, it says they received that gospel. And then in verse 8, it says, Then the word, that same word, that same gospel sounded forth from them out to a lost world. To receive the gospel. We'll put it this way. Have Have you received the gospel? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? Do you have the assurance of the gift of eternal life? If you are saying yes, then you are obligated to share the gospel. Paul wrote in Romans 1, verse 14, I am under obligation. That phrase, under obligation, it's a single Greek word. You know what it means? It means debtor. He says, I am a debtor. This is what I owe in light of the mercy God has shown me both to the Greeks and to the barbarians, both to the wise and to the foolish. That is why I am so eager to preach the gospel, for I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. So the gospel produces a community of believers, conjoined to Christ, characterized by a life of faith, love, and hope, chosen by God, and then fourth, the gospel produces a community of believers, a church which copies Christ. By embracing suffering with joy. Copies Christ by embracing suffering with joy. Look at verses 6 and 7. You also became imitators of us and of the Lord. Having received the word in much tribulation with the joy of the Holy Spirit. That you can b- b- so that you became an example to all the believers in Macedonia and in Achaia. There's so much that could be said here. But I just don't have the time. But let me just say this and we'll move on. Joy in suffering. Joy in suffering provides our greatest opportunity as believers. To demonstrate our delight in our relationship with Christ. And not anything that this world can give or take. Amen? That's what joy and suffering does. It gives us an opportunity to say, yes, Jesus is my treasure. And there's nothing the world can give me. There's nothing the world can take away from me that's greater than the joy I have in that relationship as I find my delight and satisfaction in Him. And then that last question. Well, how does the church spread the gospel? How does the church spread the gospel? Three ways, but these are they're so simple, so profound, so powerful. First, verbal evangelism. Again, the gospel is a message, as we stated earlier, about the person and work of Christ. It must be shared. 1 Thessalonians 1.8, our key verse, For the word of the Lord has sounded forth from you in Macedonia and Achaia. That next statement, the church receives the gospel to transmit the gospel to others. Now listen to me, folks. It is not enough for you to say, I live my faith. Yes, you are to live your faith, but we're also to share our faith with others. It's only as we share our faith that they understand what is the power that has changed their life? That is Jesus Christ. And what Jesus did for me, He can do for them through embracing the gospel. And putting their faith in Jesus as Lord and Savior. It's sort of like a, you know, an airplane. It's got wings. And if you're going to fly, you've got to have both. You know, it's not just sharing. It's not just living. But it's as we live the gospel, we're to share the gospel that others might come to know our precious savior and then look at the second way what you can call viral evangelism verse 8 part b says but also in every place your faith towards god has gone forth so we have no need to say anything in other words what i mean by viral evangelism is because they were living and sharing the gospel everybody was talking about these folks And about the change that God had made in their lives. What God was doing in their lives. So that next little point in your notes, we need to ask, what is the holy gossip being said about our church? What are people in this community, in this city, saying about the Edgewood Baptist family? What is our reputation? And then bring this on an individual level. What are your coworkers saying about you on the job? What are your fellow students saying about you in school or on that sports team or wherever you might be? Do they know that you're a follower of Christ? Do they know of your love for Him, your desire to please and honor Him? That should be true of every one of us. It should be clear with those that we work with, those we rub shoulders with, that Jesus is first and foremost in our lives. He's our greatest love. He's our greatest passion. He's our greatest pursuit. And because of that, they'll notice there is something different about our lives. They'll notice a stability. They'll notice a faith. They'll notice that endurance in suffering, that joy in suffering. And then very often as they notice that, they begin to ask us questions about what makes you tick. I notice you're different. And we have that opportunity then, what, to share, as Peter says, uh, the hope that dwells, that lies within us. Amen? Amen. And not only verbal, viral evangelism, but visual evangelism. We've already talked about verse 9 and 10. For they themselves report about us what kind of reception we had with you, and how you turned to God from idols to serve a living and true God and to wait for His Son from heaven, whom He raised from the dead, that is, Jesus, who rescues us from the wrath to come. In other words, they put their faith on display. They put the gospel on display through the way they lived. Notice, relating verse 3, where it talked about the work of faith, labor of love, and steadfastness of hope, tie that in with this verse. What was their work of faith? They turned from what? To God from idols. Their labor of love. To serve a living and true God. Their steadfastness of hope. To wait for a son from heaven. So that next statement in your notes, the church is to be be visibly changed by the gospel we share. By the gospel we preach. The church, individual believers are to be visibly changed by the gospel we preach and share. And then as we close, uh, I'm not going to take the time to go over this. This is just for your benefit. I thought it was fascinating. If you just take 1 Thessalonians, 1 Thessalonians chapter 1, you see 10 mar- marks of a spiritually healthy church. And, and I would encourage you to, to go over this in more detail. A faith that works, a, labor that, a love that labors, a hope that endures, imitators of Christ, joy and suffering, exemplary behavior, sharing the gospel. Total transformation from idolatry. Service to the Lord and longing for Christ's return. And then that very last statement in your notes. What every church should be. Those ten things is what every Christian should be. Because the church is what? It's not the building. It's the members. Coming together as a unit, as a team, as a body. So what every church should be, those ten things, every Christian should be. So perhaps it's time for us to take an inventory. And as we close this service, let me share with you one more verse. This was the Apostle Paul sharing, he's he's been imprisoned. This is, we know we just had our study of the book of Philippians, and you know how he was imprisoned for four years the first two years in Caesarea, and then the last two years. In Rome, when he uh, appealed his case uh, to Caesar. Well, during his two year imprisonment in Caesarea, he made this statement in a very transparent moment uh, to a king that he was sharing with. Acts 20, verse 24. Listen to this. He said, But my life is worth nothing to me. Unless I use it for finishing the work assigned me by the Lord Jesus. The work of telling others the good news about the wonderful grace of God. Now folks, that should be true of all of us. We all stand under the command of the great commission that go into all the world. That's literally, that literally would be as you go, as you move about. As you do business, interact with it, as you go, share, share, live it and share it with others. And Paul realized this was his call. It's the calling on every believer. And so Paul says, in light of that, my life is worth nothing to me, absolutely nothing, unless I use it to finish that work God assigned to me to tell others about the wonderful grace of God in Christ. So this morning, what do we need? This morning, we need to renew our commitment to the spread of the gospel. We need to do that, yes, through giving to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering for international missions, knowing that as we do It will support our missionaries to share the gospel where there's a priority now on unreached people groups knowing that as they do that, knowing as they have that opportunity because of the inherent power in the gospel that it's living, that men and women, boys and girls, will come to know Jesus, to love Him, adore Him, glorify Him, to be part of the family of God. That will honor God and worship God. Not only now, but throughout all eternity as one great family. Amen? But not only in our giving financially, but this morning we need to say, Lord, I give you my life. life I've, Lord, I've realized today that if I've received the gospel, now I'm obligated to share it. I've realized this morning as never before that your calling on my life is to be an instrument in your hand both to live and share the gospel. And so, Lord, I surrender my life to you to accomplish that purpose. I, right now, I'm, I'm afraid. I don't know how all that's going to happen, but I'm going to trust you. And It's like I shared last week. Jesus said, follow me, and what? I will make you to be a fisher of men. Amen. He says, you follow me, and I give you a promise. If you really follow me, To live and share the gospel, I'm making you a promise that I will make you to be a fisher of men. I have that power to do that work in your heart and in your life. So I trust, moving forward, that we're going to see our lives being a light for Jesus. And that we'll give generously to the Lottie Moon Christmas offering, realizing what is at stake. And that is reaching unreached people groups with the gospel of Jesus Christ. Please stand as the invitation is extended. And I would encourage you as this invitation is extended, just reflect in your own heart right now. uh, Right where you're standing. uh, And take this opportunity to renew that commitment to the gospel. Uh, to commit yourself to the priority of living and sharing the gospel, and even begin praying right now, God, what level of giving would you have me uh, uh, support the Lottie Moon Christmas offering with? I, I just surrender that to you. Uh, it, it, you know, I don't want to give by human reasoning. I want to give by divine revelation. So you just simply speak to me and so that I'm obedient. And that's all I'm asking. I don't want anyone to ever feel pressured to give. I want you to give out of delight. Out of your relationship with Jesus. And the opportunity that others might come to know him. So if you know pressure. I hope it's just that pressure of love. And gratitude and appreciation. To the Lord Jesus.